Welcome back to NHL Draft Class. I'm Adam Kimmelman here, as always, my colleague Mike Morial. And Mike, we got some news to talk about. A lot of news, Adam. A lot of stuff went down May 26th. A little chill in the air. Went back to the old reliable this morning. Pumpkin spice latte. And basically, a you know, modified postseason will feature 12 teams from the East and West uh, based on points percentage when the NHL paused on March 12th. As a result, the league's other seven teams will look forward to the upcoming draft lottery, which is now set for June 26th. So let's talk about the lottery. And, and as you mentioned, June 26th, it's going to be two phases. Now, if you saw the, the video the commissioner put out yesterday, he even said it's a little complicated. So try to break it down as easy as possible. There's going to be the regular traditional lottery drawing that we're used to. We'll have the seven teams that missed the playoffs or weren't part of the 2014 return to play process. Uh, Detroit, Ottawa, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, Buffalo, New Jersey. They will be represented in the lottery as normal. Then you're going to have eight unassigned picks, as they're being called. And those will will be at some point represented by the eight teams that lose in the play-in round. So you've got your 15 teams. You just don't know which 15 teams. They're going to have a drawing for the number one pick, the number two pick, the number three pick. Now, if one of those seven teams wins, they will have that pick. So let's say New Jersey wins the lottery for the number one pick. They get the number one pick. If Buffalo wins number two, they get number two. If Otto wins number three, they get number three. That's fine. We have that June 26th, and that's it. We have our seven teams for the lottery. However, this is where it gets a little complicated. If one of those unassigned picks wins any of those one, two, or three positions, we have a second phase, the second phase mm-hmm. of the lottery, which the commissioner talked about yesterday, and that will include the eight teams and only the eight teams that were involved in the first round, that qualifying round, those eight losing teams, all with equal odds for whichever pick won that position. So let's say unassigned team wins number two. So the eight teams that lose in the qualifying round would all have with equal odds that shot at the number two pick. So it's a little complicated, but I think it works best as far as settling, you know, who gets to take part in the lottery. I don't know if there was a more fair way of doing it. So, I mean, I think it works. It's interesting. It's going to be a little unique because, say, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're the number five seed in that play-in round. They could have a shot at winning the number one pick. So it's going to be an interesting experience. And, and look, we're in unique times, and it calls for unique measures. Yeah, Adam, once the first – three picks are determined. The remaining order for the lottery order would be determined by the 19-20 uh, percentage points. And, and NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said on May 26th that one of the things that went into the decision to create a new lottery system was for the advantage of the seven clubs who aren't resuming play, right? The league thought the draft lottery was a way to create excitement, create a way for those teams to engage with their fan base, get some certainty early on, and not going into kind of a long slumber of creating waves and buzz over over the summertime. So honestly, Adam, I think the league has done just that uh, with this format. I think what fans need to remember right now at this moment, if the winning team of the first draw is from the number one to seven group, that team wins the right to the first overall pick in the draft. If the winning team in the first draw is from the eight to 15 group, 
the right to the first overall pick we determined in phase two, as you, you know, talked about in the draft lottery. And basically, Adam, you know, here are five things I can almost guarantee. Ready for this? Here we go. Go ahead. If each of the three first phase drawings is won by a bottom seven team, the second phase won't be necessary. Two, the top four teams in the Eastern and Western conferences, that's the Bruins, the Avalanche, Oilers, Flyers, Blues, Lightning, Golden Knights, and Capitals, will not participate in the draft lottery. Three, the 2020 NHL draft will be conducted following the completion of the playoffs. Four, I can't guarantee this, but 99% sure Alexis Lafreniere of Ramuski will be the number one pick. And five, and most importantly, Adam, I'll be grabbing another cup of large coffee after this edition of NHL draft class because that's a lot of arithmetic, man, right there. Not my strong suit. So, yeah, Mike's not math isn't quite what we signed up for when we chose his career path. But we know when the lottery is going to be, at least the first phase. It's going to be June 26th. Uh, but we don't know when the draft is going to be, except that, as the commissioner said, it will be after they hand out the Stanley Cup. But to get you ready for that, whenever that's going to be, you can listen to past episode of NHL Draft Class, where we've done real good deep dives on the best goalies, the best European prospects, the best from the Ontario League, the Quebec League, the WHL. It's all free to subscribe. I suggest listening to it. You can learn everything you need to know about the draft and, and raise your knowledge base. Now, on this edition of NHL Draft Class, speaking of the best of the Ontario League, we're going to be talking to Andre Tourne, coach of the Ottawa 67s. He's going to talk about two of his top players, Marco Rossi and Jack Quinn. But first, we're going to talk to Jack Quinn, who scored 52 goals in the Ontario League this year. Jack, thanks for coming on NHL Draft Class. How are you, and how have you been staying in shape while we're all home on quarantine? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm good. Um, I don't know. I think pretty similar to everyone else. and just trying to work on my game a little bit and get my workouts in and everything. And after that's done, just kill some time. Uh, the golf course has opened up, so... I've been out a few times, and um, it's nice that, that those are open now. Have you been able to skate at all? I know you know golf's opening up. There's other things you can do, but have you been able to to get on the ice, or what have you been doing for your workouts? I actually got on the ice once um, last week um, on Friday, and they shut down the rink right after we, we got off the ice. So it was open for one day, and I guess um, you know they, they kind of shut them down. So that was that. and. Um, you know, probably won't be on the ice for a bit still, I guess. Rinks aren't open, but just the one for there. And and for workouts, I mean, I um, just kind of my trainer, Tony Greco, sends me the stuff to do at home. And um, I've got to get set up and I do that and I'm trying to do runs and, and sprints too a couple times a week, which uh, which I find helps. So away from hockey, you know, what have you been doing with your time off? Binge watching TV shows or movies, pick up a hobby, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, Netflix and uh, play the odd video game. I'm not very good, though, so it usually doesn't last that long. Um, but, no, I was, I was watching Ozark right now on Netflix. It's a pretty good show. Pretty into it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, family likes to play cards. But we'll play Euchre a lot. Yeah, Ozark's a pretty good show there, Jack. I've been watching that, too. I'm, I'm on the final season, so I'm looking forward to, to watching that final one. But, um Jack, I don't think there's any question your decision to dedicate a summer to improving your speed and strength last offseason gave you an added edge this season. What did your summer of 2019 consist of? Yeah, it was my first summer with my trainer, Tony, and um, he helped me a lot. Just kind of his workouts were uh, a lot based on speed and power and, and everything, and I think my skating came a long way because of that. And 
um, you know, just I skated, skated a fair bit and worked on my game. I worked with uh, Josh Robo, and um, he helped me a lot kind of with on-ice stuff. So, um, you know, those two things kind of put together and just kind of kind of focusing on, on, on getting better, I guess, in general helps a lot. You mentioned your skating. Uh, you know, there was some criticism about, you know, your, your stride, your first three steps, whether you'd be quick enough. Now, 52 goals obviously says a lot about how well you played this season, but do you think you answered a lot of those critics this season? I think so. Uh, I think didn't have a great season last season, and, um, you know, I had a lot to prove coming into this year, so um, I kind of just needed to, you know, have a big year to, to, to prove that and um, had a good summer, and I, you know, I think I had a pretty good year as well, so it was nice to kind of um, take a big step in my game. Jack, when you, when you hear scouts or coaches talk about or say this player has great hockey smarts what does that mean to you can can you give me maybe a situational example of a player with hockey smarts yeah i, I think just being able to think the game well and kind of process the game and um you know replays know where to be on the ice everything and you know know what the right play is um you know i think a hockey sense like I, you know marco on our team uh is, you know extremely high hockey sense and it's fun to watch him kind of the way he reads the game and um, slows down the game and everything. So, uh, you know, he's definitely a good example of that. You missed the cutoff for the 2019 NHL draft by four days. Do you consider it an advantage at all to be one of the older prospects entering this draft class? Uh, well, I think it's an advantage just for another year of development. I mean, um, I think kind of my breakout year was this year. Um, so it just happens that it, it's my draft year in terms of kind of the year I took a big step in my development and my game. So it's an advantage in that way. We had a great conversation just prior to the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game in January. Uh, you told me that, uh, you know, you like to compare your style of game to TJ Oshie. But why is that? Yeah, I like his game. I, I like uh, how he kind of creates offense and can make plays for his teammates and can score too. You know, a bit of a – can do a bit of both that way. And I like how he plays with a bit of an edge. And I like to think I have that in my game sometimes too. Besides TJ Oshie, are there other guys at the NHL level that you like to watch, keep a close guy on, and uh, kind of steal things that they do for your game? Yeah, I like I like Pasternak a lot. Um, he's a really good goal scorer, so I like watching him and kind of seeing little things he does or you know moves that kind of thing. So we're getting close to. There's going to be a draft at some point here. You're going to start talking to NHL teams. What do you tell teams that are thinking about drafting you? How do you sell yourself to an NHL team? Uh, I don't know how I really sell myself. I think just kind of have an honest conversation. And I think, um, you know, usually the basic questions are kind of what's your, what's your game like? And I you know I tell them an offensive player, a goal scorer. And, um, you know, I just, I think uh, I like to like to compete every night and that's one of my biggest strengths. So I want to ask you about one of your teammates, Marco Rossi. He's a guy that's also been popular for the 2020 draft. He's up there with, with you as far as the central scouting final rankings. What about Marco makes him special? And are there any funny, memorable stories about him from having him as a teammate the last two seasons that you can share? I don't know about the funny stories kind of on the spot. I'd have to think a little harder about that. But, uh, no, I mean, I think I said it earlier, just like his hockey sense is his best strength, I think. Um, how he thinks the game is ahead of everyone. And um, to go with that, he, you know, he competes really hard and uh, competes every day. So, you know, those two together, you know, it's why he's why he's so good. Jack, would it surprise you that in the right situation, Marco could be playing in the NHL as early as next season? 
oh, I think there's a really good chance that he plays in the NHL next year. Um, his game's so developed, and um, I think he's he for sure could fit in easily next year. And and for you personally, how much are you looking forward to to the draft? You know, probably going to be a virtual type draft, from what we're hearing. Um, how, how much are you looking forward to it? It'll be exciting for sure. I mean, obviously, um, don't really know what to expect right now, but um, I think just kind of um, you look forward to to whatever's going to happen and when it happens. I think just exciting for um, all the players and all the families. This was fantastic, Jack. We, we know you have several more interviews taking place and, and want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on NHL Draft Class. We want to wish you all the luck in the upcoming draft and, and in the future. Stay well, my friend. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jack Quinn for coming on NHL Draft Class. And, Mike, 52 goals, it's going to get you get your name called early whenever we have the NHL Draft. You know, looking at our, our mock drafts, we were pretty consistent. We had him in the top 10. We did. And, you know, it, it, it's, it'd be tough to kind of just pass over a 52-goal score, right, in any league. I, it, to put up that many goals and in the situation that Jack Quinn was able to do it on a, a high-level team, uh, a team that was fast, a team that was run and gun, and a team defensively that was stout. And, you know, Jack Quinn, you know, played both sides of the puck as far as what he was capable of doing with the Ottawa 67s this year. 52 goals. Only Nick Robertson, the second-round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 19 draft, had more goals uh, in the OHL with 55. So, uh, you know, I think scouts have taken notice, Adam, after a solid summer of training that, you know, Jack Quinn is a player that certainly is in that maybe, you know, 5 to 15 range uh, in the NHL draft. We'll wait and see. But I think anytime you can get a 52-goal 52, 52 score on your roster, uh, you take that you take that chance, particularly if it's a you know ten to fifteen range, because usually those players it takes maybe two to three years uh, for them to develop and grow and mature anyway. Yeah, you score you don't score fifty two goals in the Ontario League on, on charm and good looks. There's got to be some skill there, and I know people were questioning his skating, and we're going to talk to his coach Andre Tourne here in a bit to for some more insight on that. But you know he had to get to the right places to score. Right. Like Brett Hall wasn't a sprinter. He got to the right places to score, you know, guys who can put the puck in the net. It's a commodity. You know, you had him going number eight in your most recent mock draft. I had him going at number nine. So he's a guy that I I think won't have to be hanging around long whenever the NHL draft comes before he hears his name. But let's get some more insight on Jack Quinn and one of his teammates, Marco Rossi, who's also going to hear his name early in the 2020 NHL draft. Andre Torne, coach of the Ottawa 67s. Andre, welcome to NHL Draft Class. Thank you for joining us. How are you and how's the family doing through all that's going on? Family is great. I am uh, really lucky. My my daughters get back to work. She work in uh, the uh, retail. My uh, two boys as well are back to work. My uh, my wife, she's a nurse on the front line and she, she does a lot of hours. She loves it. She has a smile every day. So life is good. Uh, that, that's great, Andre. Uh, special kudos and thanks to, to your wife for doing what she does. Very much appreciated. Thank you. To, give her a big thanks from us here at NHL Draft Class. <laughs> um, we will. Yes, will. yes. So, so Andre, you've, you've been named uh, OHL Coach of the Year. Uh, GM James Boyd was named the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year. How proud are you of what this organization has accomplished this season? Uh, really proud. You know, uh, we accomplished a lot of good things last year, but repeated it is always 
a huge challenge when the expectations are really high and the pressure is on some player. We have uh, elite player we're looking for an NHL contract. Elite player we're looking for uh, the, the draft. They, they were up for the draft, so uh, we had young player who tried to make their way. So uh, we had a lot of challenges. We had a lot of injury as well. With the, with the people who follow the team will know, we had a lot of injury in the first half of the season. And, uh, key players got hurt, so uh, to have that kind of a season, it's uh, it's really a team effort and. Everybody did their job, and even more so. We're really happy about the about the program. Andre, one of the guys on your team that everybody has kept a close eye on this year is Marco Rossi, the center. He's number four on Central Scouting's final ranking of North American skaters. But you know, you guys were into him a little bit earlier than that. What was when was the first time you saw Marco, and how did you know, and when did you know you wanted him in Ottawa? <laughs> it's funny because you know during the season we were. We receive or we look video of player playing in Europe and say hey, maybe next year. It's, so it's my first year, and uh, we as an agent who contact us and say hey, you know it might be a possibility. So so okay fine. So our assistant GM Jan Eger sent me a video of the guy. So I look about five shifts. I say okay it's enough. Don't worry if he wants to come, I'm in. <laughs> that was uh, that was not even a question. So I said okay that's. If we can get this guy, I don't have to watch ten games. He was uh, he was really good. So uh, that, that's the first time I saw him, but it was only on video. And when I saw him first time on the ice, was here in Ottawa. And he arrived a little bit early uh, before the camp, and they had a bunch of uh, pro players were skating. So I went to watch the skate, and right there he was. He was a young guy. He was just sixteen years old and was playing against player who played pro. And, different league and he was already one of the best guys in the ice so I was kind of okay we had the home run here the boy did a really good job so it's love at first sight with with you guys with Marco but what was the process of recruiting him and convincing him and his family to leave Austria to come to Ottawa and that it would be a good place for him to develop there's a few things first uh is uh Marco did a one at when you know Marco, he wants to do everything possible to become a pro player, and he he, he wants to have the the best process. So he knew here at the CHL uh, we had a lot of a high profile player, and it was a fast track for the NHL. And uh, you playing in Austria, he doesn't have a chance to play at the U18 and at the U20 with the 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 the, the, the pool hay. So that was a that was something for him was a lot of exposure. The second thing is. Uh, is that and Marco knew Nico Escher, who I had the chance to, to coach in uh, in Halifax. So the connection started there, and then the agent knew Jeff Hunt, our our owner, and so they had a lot of link here, pushing in that direction. But Marco had a contract in the pro league out there, so uh, we 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 did not have a full commitment before the draft, but we had enough for saying, listen, he he believes in what. The Isher family are saying uh, he has out on his contract. Uh, he wants the kid wants to play in the CHL. So uh, we had a connection with the agent with Ottawa, where we knew he was trusting us. So a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, indicator for us was saying it's worth worth the try. Yeah, let's follow up on uh, Nico Hishier, uh there, Andre. Uh, you obviously coached uh, Nico in sixteen seventeen uh, with the Mooseheads. 
Now, both Heeshear and, and Rossi played in Switzerland before coming to North America. What what are the similarities and differences you see between Marco and Nico? They they're they're a lot alike, uh, to be honest. It's uh, I I always say Marco is a mix of Nico Heeshear and Martin Saint Louis. Uh, is is more creative offensively than Nico, but they have the same desire to perform defensively. They have the same read defensively. They're both extremely good in their D zone and take a lot of pride of playing away from the puck. Nico is taller, uh, he's a little bit faster, uh, but Marco is more creative offensively, he's a little bit more shifty. Uh, Marco level a little bit is a little bit more mean than than Nico. Uh, so I I had that question a million times, so I, I know I know what to say, but uh, at the same time they're they're two really good players. Defensively they're two elite players. Offensively, I think uh, Nico has a little bit more speed and size, but Marco is more creative offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Rossi will serve as a top or second line wing in, in the NHL, Andre? No. Or, or do you still envision him as a center despite that five foot nine frame? Guarantee will be a center. I, mm. I, I, I will put money on that one. That's for sure. He is too good defensively. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, he's super smart. He reads the play. And and he the way he's built, you know, he's built with the the big legs and the, his lower body is really really strong. He doesn't get out muscle there. Uh, I'm not saying he would be the perfect fit to play against a six foot five guy, uh, but at the same time, don't make mistake because Marco will 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 pick you apart as well. He's a really good player, so uh, the size has never been a problem with us. And I look at the guys like Suzuki who play in NHL, his size, or other guys like that. Marco will be just fine in the center, no doubt about it. But I had that question a lot. It's a good question. But I think his coach, when he will coach him, might see him first at, at the wing. And when he will be with him, and he will see how good he is defensively and uh, how how good is his IQ and how he reads the game and how he stops on parking always on the right side of the puck and he has a defensive minded guy i'm sure he, he will end up in the center for sure just a quick follow there would it surprise you that in the right situation that whichever team drafts him that he might be playing in the nhl as early as next season i i think so i think like i said the, his coach went you know what the, the people forget is before you produce you need to get on the ice if you're not getting on the ice you're not producing. That's a, that's a simple math. And to, to get on the ice, you need to play the game in the right way. You need to stop on puck. You need to, to sacrifice your body. You need to read the game. You need to be able to make your uh, your line mate better. You need to, to get inside. Marco does all those things. So when his coach will have him, he will say, okay, this guy played the game the right way and he will want to put him more and more on the ice. Uh, and he will trust him. If you tell me at the end of the training camp, he will play PK and it will be on the ice with the two minutes to go when his team has a lead, I won't be surprised. I'll say, yeah, that's, that's Marco. You know, I'm not saying next year he will, he will be on the ice when they will need a goal. That's not what I'm saying. I know he will, he will be an offensive player down the road, but he will be trusted by his coach as well because he's so good defensively. So when you have those guys who are so good away from the puck, to get on the ice. 
And when they get on the ice, they produce. That's what happens. Andre, let's shift gears for a minute to another one of your Ottawa players, Jack Quinn, number seven on Central Scouting's final rankings. Last season, he had 12 goals. You go into your exit meetings with him last summer. What was the message to him about what he needed to do this season to be successful? And obviously, we all saw the 52 goals, but what was the message to him as far as what he had to work on? He, he needed to get inside. You know, Jack Quinn is so competitive. He didn't want to have the puck all the time, and every time he touched the puck, he wants to create something. So what, how does that translate to his game? He was always looking for space. He was always looking to go a little bit wider and to have an extra second with the puck to make a good pass and stuff like that, which was bringing him in outside all the time. He was outside all the time. So we, we had a few discussions, and uh, he got inside right from the get-go this year. None. No word to say about it. He, he arrived at the training camp, was in mission, and he got inside and his work ethic took over and he, he's been really, really successful. And now he, he's the reverse. You cannot keep him outside of the slot. He, he loves to go there and he, he knows he, he tastes it. You know, he, now he knows he can produce from there. And he, he can, what I like about Jack is he can beat you at any way you want. He can beat you by outskating you. He can outcompete you. He can outskill you. He can do. He can do it all. He can beat you on the rush by going wide on you. He can going on the rush by cutting in the middle or by driving the net. And same thing in the offensive zone. He he will be in front of the net, screening the goalie and getting rebound and tips. And the next one, he will be on the high slot taking the shot. Or he can beat you up the corner and attacking up the corner. So it's not a it's not a guy you can say okay. If we stop this in his game, we'll be fine. No, that's not Jack Quinn. He can beat you many, many ways. So you mentioned the fact that he has to get inside more, but you got to be able to skate to get there. And there was some criticism, at least early in the season, that his skating could be an issue. Obviously, you know, you, you don't get 52 goals on charming good looks. you got to be able to skate to the right spots and produce. But have you seen his speed and skating get better as the season's gone on? And, and is there still another level for him to get to? Uh, in my opinion, absolutely not. I will challenge everybody who was telling me he was not a good skater last year. It's uh, I I haven't every day. I'm not. I might not be the best coach in the world, but I know he was fast. He, the problem with Quinter, he was stopping skating because he was looking for space and trying to to delay the play, and he was trying to make play from the outside more. But his skating always been really good, and I. I have no no doubt about it. The difference is now the pace he plays. For me, it's a difference between speed and pace. Now he, he doesn't slow down on the entry to make a play. He brings the puck to the net. If if there's a hole, he will go by himself. If not, he will make a pass and he will go at the net by himself. So he play with a lot more speed, a lot more pace in his game. I, I showed last year because someone told me that, and I show, showed him clip of Quinter on the bat check last year, uh, saying, how many guys can make the bat check he just did on that, that play? And I was showing clips saying, it's, it's just because offensively, he doesn't play with a lot of pace. He slowed down the play all the time. He's looking for passes, which is this year he was looking to bring the pocket to the net instead of looking for passes. So I, I hear what you're saying. A lot of people told me that. But I, uh, that doesn't mean I agree with that. I disagree with that. I think his speed always been fine. It's just now it's 
more than fine. It's really, really good. Andre, what do you feel might be the underrated attributes of both Rossi and Quinn? Is their compete level. Hmm. It's their compete level. They're uh, extremely competitive, both of them. I said that, sorry, many times, but during the training camp, we had a good team this year. So in junior hockey, that translates by having many players going at the NHL camp. So let's say 10 players. So it's something like that, eight player or whatever. But then you have Marco and Jack with a bunch of 16 years old and 17 years old and a few 19 years old who play on the third fourth line. So they're a little bit on an island in terms of talent. You would expect any, I would say, normal human being to level their play a little bit. It's not what Marco and Quinter did. They, they killed the training camp. They, they embarrassed everybody. They were competing against those guys like if we were on game six against Guelph in the playoff last year. Mm. They were going hard, beating everybody. If they, they were going against 16 years old, beating the same guys three times on the same one-on-one drill, putting him in his ass, no problem. They were going and no, they were not looking back. They did not feel bad for anybody. They were competing as hard as they could every day for that two weeks where all the the other veteran I will say they were at the, the pro camp. So that's the kind of attitude they had. Marco Rossi and Jack Quinn, they were looking to play against Noah Loffenmeyer and Kevin Ball every practice. You you were not seeing Marco Rossi going in a one on one against a sixteen years old defenseman. I know. He did want the big boy. He didn't want to go against the best guy and he didn't want to beat him. That's the kind of mindset he had he did want to beat the best and be like that every day so the the best thing happened for us as a team is when the opponent was going at jack quinn early in the game i was behind the bench was thank you to make my job easy that's perfect now quinner's was pissed wow now he was going and was going hard and he was a better player so the compete level of those two guys made our team much much better Kevin Ball is a is a big, menacing, mean defenseman too, and to to have that compete level against a defenseman such as he is that that's quite you know that's quite a thing to say coming from the coach. So, um, so Andre, while we have you, can you speak to the level of talent in the OHL this season? It's quite strong. Yeah. I mean, there are five players yeah. from the league who potentially could be chosen among the top ten of this class, including Rossi mm-hmm. and Quinn. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a special year, you know. When you look at the top scorer in the league, you see a lot of young guys. You, normally, you see a lot of over-age, 19 years old. But if if you look in our league, you, you have a lot of uh, young guys, Quinter and Marco and Cole Perfetti and, and Quinton Byfield. And those guys are and, – and Jimmy Drysdale is a defenseman. So, so the talent is really, really high. And you can see how a guy like Jimmy Drysdale performed at the World Junior for us, how good he was. It's scary to think this guy will go anywhere between, I don't know, I don't know, between three and 10 or something like that. It will be a defenseman who will play a ton of minutes in the NHL. So that was a really good year for the OHL, no doubt about it. Great stuff, Andre. Thank you for coming on NHL Draft Class with us. Thank you, guys. All the best. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Andre Torine, coach of the Ottawa 67s, for joining us on NHL Draft Class. Mike, a lot of good stuff there from Andre. Let's start with Marco Rossi. Uh, there was a question that, that you asked that kind of stood out to me is Marco 
is he at the next level a center or a winger? Um, Andre's pretty adamant that in the middle is where Marco should be. Yeah, uh, we, we, we've discussed this with a lot of scouts, both you and I, Adam. And, and, you know, some scouts, I think it's like split right down the middle. Uh, some feel as though he'll enter the NHL maybe the first season, half season, he'll play wing. And ac- actually, Coach did say that, that early on, maybe that team that drafts Marco will see him as a wing and playing there. But because of his, you know, defensive uh, ability, and the way he plays in his own zone, eventually that coach is going to say, look, Marco Rossi, I don't care that he's five foot nine, 183 pounds. He's got to be our center. He, he's strong on faceoffs. He gets back into his own. A lot of similarities, and we heard this too, Adam, to Nico Hishier of the New Jersey Devils. And, and Nico, in my opinion, at some point in his career, is going to be a Selkie Trophy candidate because he is such a great two-way forward. Marco Rossi is that same type of player. He gets the job done in the offensive zone, and he also gets the same amount of work done in his own end. And that that you know that goes that bodes well for him in the draft and, and when, what NHL scouts and general managers like to see in players. See, I when I watch Marco, and I, I think I've said it before on the show, I see Claude Giroux, who you know, great defensive center, great point producer. He's had you know ninety point seasons. He, he, he plays on the wing a little bit now because he's a little bit older in his career. But when he was at his best, he was exact that the feistiness, the competitiveness, the two way play, the offensive production, everything you see good in Mark Arasi to me, you see in Claude Giroux and the size has never been a factor for Claude Giroux. I don't think size is going to be a factor for Mark Arasi, just too much talent there. And if he's more comfortable playing in the middle, that's where I want him. And you can find bigger wingers to play alongside of him if you're worried about you know, him getting bumped around. But look, we watched him this season. I don't remember seeing Marco Rossi ever having trouble with physical play. Did you? No, no. Never had the trouble physicality in the corners, getting going for loose pucks and, and uh, you know, finding teammates, head up. He's always in position to make the right plays. Um, obviously, that's going to change, and he's going to have to adapt and grow in the National Hockey League. And, you know, uh, you know, coach even said that the compete level of both Marco Rossi, you know, and Jack Quinn, Adam, is, is an attribute that maybe goes a little bit underrated. And, you know, I got to agree, you know, when you watch them on tape and watch what they were able to do uh, at the prospects game, uh, two players that, you know, if the puck is in a place where there's maybe two or three players, they'll get in there to, to grab, to grab pucks. They'll, They'll do whatever it takes to, you know, gain an offensive edge. And uh, I, I think they're both very good in their own zone, particularly Marco, as we said, as a two-way center. But Jack Quinn, too. I mean, you would ask the question to coach about uh, his skating and how much it had improved this year. And, uh, there's a lot to be said there when a coach says, look, you know, uh, I think this year Jack Quinn really made a name for himself as a skater, not just a, an elite offensive player scoring 52 goals, but as a skater. Yeah, you know, he said his skating was really good to start the season and got better as the season went on. And look, as he gets older and he gets bigger and stronger and he develops more physically, he starts working with an NHL team strength coach. He's going to get that leg strength up and that's going to make him even better. So, look, you don't need to be a sprinter. He's got to get up and down the ice and he got up and down the ice well enough to score 52 goals this season. And I don't see it being a problem. I've heard scouts talk about maybe it's an issue. From what I've seen, he looks pretty good. I wouldn't have any problem adding Jack Quinn and, and his scoring ability, his finishing ability 
to my team. And, and I think I think he's going to go pretty high in the draft, top 10, top 12. Somebody's going to get him and, and possibly get a really good player. Yeah, only seven other OHL players have scored at least 50 goals in their NHL draft eligible season, Adam, since 2000-2001. Uh, Corey Locke, Patrick Kane, Stamkos, Tavares, Skinner, Debrinkit, and Arthur Kaliev, uh, who had 51 in 2018-19. So, you know, obviously Jack wins in pretty good company. You score that many goals, you're going to get noticed. Absolutely, and that'll do it for this edition of NHL Draft Class. Mike, fun as always. It's a lot of fun this week, Adam. You and your family stay safe, buddy. Absolutely same to you. Thanks for listening, everybody at home. And for now, NHL Draft Class is dismissed.